Are you ready for what God is busy imparting in us? I was sharing the story. This end of this month, I'll be 48 years in full-time ministry and serving God 53 years uh, that I've been born again. And a certain aspect in my life in 1977, a storm hit me and I went into a depression. And uh, man, in a high level of depression, I was so skinny. If I turn sideways, they mark me absent. You know, I could sleep in a macaroni, wear a size 28 trousers. If I stood and people hear a violent play, it was the wind blowing through my ribcage. And uh, so I was in this condition. I was a preacher. I mean, I preach. I even went in a backslidden condition. And then I preach and I make altar calls and saw how God healed. That's not the qualification. And uh, when I walk out of that meetings after people gave their hearts and be healed and set free I said to the Lord I didn't fool nobody because you honored your word I only fooled me then in 1979 uh, the children were here on a vacation and I came to fetch them and uh, that time the colt cars just came out and I bought a brand new colt and uh, was driving I now one thing if you're in a condition you don't want to pray you don't want to read bible and I just get an amen. We had a few honest people in the 8 o'clock service. Otherwise, we're going to make a altar call for liars. And uh, what happened? And I didn't pray in the spirit. So I was driving, minding my own business, angry. And about 14 kilometers on this side of Lanesburg towards Colesburg, uh, Lanesburg just flooded the Sunday prior to that, and this is the next Saturday. 14 kilometers, suddenly, early morning, a light shined right into the car. And I know it was the Lord, and I had an encounter with God. I start praying and confessing everything, how angry and why and all this stuff. And, you know, sometimes we're angry with God. We will not say it. How are you doing? Oh, glory to God. God is still on the throne. Praise the Lord. I'm not asking how God is doing. I know he's on the throne and he's phenomenal. I'm asking how are you doing? We will never say I'm in a hole. I'm going through something. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I'm disappointed. Help me some. I'm unbelievers. Help me. So, and I had an encounter with the Lord and the Lord said, it's time to put your feet in the River Jordan. I want to separate the water. Spiritually, of course, mean I want to depart the water that you can move into the promised land. So I came, went back, and then somebody invited me to a Rama service. Rama just started. They were in the theater and uh, still a bit in my condition. And Rama Cawley was preaching. The, that theater in Joburg was packed. And the next moment, Ray stopped and he said, there's a pastor here tonight. You should have said a disaster, but he said a pastor and uh, a pop steward. And he said, God said, it's time to put your feet in the River Jordan. He said, you went through stuff, blah, blah, blah. And 
He said, stand up. And two, three hundred people stood up. And I thought, dear Jesus, there's a lot of people in trouble here with me. So I went to sit. And he said, the pastor that just went sitting at you, come out. So all two, three hundred went out to the front. And I thought, my Lord, what's happening here? So Ray started praying. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I was about number 84. And when he came to me, he said, it's you. The Lord said, now, God knows things about us that we know and nobody else know. And then he will use nobody else who know, <laughs> who doesn't know to give you a word. And he laid hands on me. He said, you. The Lord said, it's time to put your feet in the river Jordan. I want to separate the water so that you can move in your promised land. A week later, I went to visit my friend. Now, I'm pastoring and I'm pastoring in Benoni area. And I went to visit my friend. He belonged to the members in Christ assemblies. Now, the member ladies wear buns and hats. No makeup. They've got eyebrows like you've never seen. The armpits. Hair grew out here. It looks like a ponytail, Pocahontas. Uh, children's mother, we were, you know, old Pentecostals, and I always tell the story. Nikki had long dresses, long, long, you know, everything closed. And when we walk on the pave walk, people phone me and say, what was that new Vespa scooter you bought that was blue and colored? No, it's what was the Vespa scooter. It was the children's mother. We were walking, holding hands, because they saw the big bomb that looks like a Vespa scooter spare wheel. So here I'm in that service. My friend is the pastor. And I took a rascal of a man with me. He, if you think I'm funny, he can make you laugh in church that you want to crawl under the pews. So we're sitting right at the back because we came late. I had my service, so I said, go with me. And we're sitting there. And the next moment, Freddie took out a black pencil and color in his two front teeth. And then he tapped me, and when I looked, I mean, it looks like Alice in Wonderland with the bunny with these two teeth, and I start laughing. Now, by that time, they sing one song 20 times, and the lady jump off behind the organ. They're all dancing, and they have a dance with... And the next moment, Uncle Nas, he was about six foot eight. He was this humongous man. He looks like an 18-wheeler truck. One of his hands is two of my hands. It like a chimpanzee clover. You know, the, the weather got him. If the, it's cloudy too much that he can raise his hands and shift the clouds that the sun can come out. Humongous man. And the next moment he start coming down the aisle. <laughs> and Freddie, stare with me with that black teeth. He said, he's coming for you. I said, no, my thing with God is in order. He's coming for you. He said, I'm telling you, he's coming. So the next moment, Uncle Nas is in the pew and he grabbed me. Now they shake you. And I thought he only have my jacket that I can get out of my jacket and run. But he was so clever, he got me on my collar of my shirt. I have a tie on. Because if he got me on my jacket, I could unbutton my jacket and run. Because I know what's coming. But he had me on my collar and he pulled me up. 
I mean, he is a strong, I weighed about 45 pounds at that time. And uh, he pulled me to the front. Now I know I'm in trouble. So I tried to fight it. He dragged me that my shoes caused sparks. Years ago, we had cars with a chain when I grew up. Now, if you remember the car with the chains, you old, because that's when the lightning hit there in Joburg. So sparks came out of the carpet. And he had me in front, and they start shaking me. And the next moment, my friend took over. And I thought, if I smack you right now, and he started prophesying. And he said, hear the word of the Lord. The Lord said, um, this is the third and the last time I'm telling you. It's time to put your feet in the river Jordan. I want to separate the water that you can move in your promised land. And I know it was God. So at the Rhema meeting, now I'm this pastor, got invitations, preach all over. The anointing is not enough. How big I can make noises and shout is not enough. That's not the, the qualification. How good I can prophesy. And now that's not the qualification. The qualification is, do I have the character of Christ? And can I love as Jesus loved? So they shared a scripture that transformed my life because here on the staunch Pentecostal and all what you preach is brimstone and hell and fire. The just shall live by faith, Hebrews chapter 10. Turn to your husband, say, did he really say Hebrews again? Say, you're going to make your own coffee tomorrow morning again because the Bible didn't say Hebrews, it says Hebrews. Okay, you'll get that later. Huh? And Hebrews 10, 38. The just shall live by faith. The translation says, their life will be sustained and upheld by what they believe. And that transformed my life because we live in a world that's moved by emotions. And if your emotions is directing your life, it's going to torpedo your destiny because then you will always operate by feeling and seeing and hearing. But God gave us a method how to make it. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 15, he says, if ye abide in me and my word abide in you, you will ask everything and it will be granted to you. What Satan's strategy is to get you not that the word abide in you or you abide in God. That's when you have a right to come kill, steal and to destroy. Help me somebody. That's why the end time move is not only shaking and fall over, and we have that here and it happens and I had encounters with God and you had encounters but it's a combination of the word and the spirit come on somebody if I have word only I'll dry up I look I come from Langeban like viscous bokum if I have spirit only I'll blow up I look like the Oros man <laughs> but if I have word and spirit I will grow up turn to your neighbor that's what God wants you do with faith to grow up say grow up because when the music is not there the preacher is not there whoever is not there and you go through something that you know how to overcome 
the enemy. Jesus said, Satan has nothing on him. Because he spoke about abiding in the word. And this is what Jesus came. Now we speak about this for a time now. Because that, what does it look like when I say, I live by faith and I walk by faith. And I am a faith person. The Hebrew 1038 people. <laughs> That's what God called us. Now, now th this is phenomenal because what we have discovered in the last two weeks, Jesus said in a powerful thing, he said that we are, Matthew 9, 29, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible. Be it done unto you according what you believe. Paul comes and in writing in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, 6 and 7, and he says, we are always confident because we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is, God said it, I believe it, now I say it, and I do it, and I have the results. Because remember, the word is information. Information needs to become a revelation. That's why in the end time, there's no superstars. I'm the man of the hour with the power. I'm the, oh, no, no, no. God's going to use the whosoever is available. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, say, are you available? That's who God wants to use. He's not going to use superstars. Come on. When the revival happened and we took over from God, TV and Todd, the Lord said, he said, you not the man. It's now me. He said, I will use whosoever is available. Because the end time is going to be nameless and faceless. That's why I tremble when I look at the youngsters and they, the person of the hour. And they the only, a, no, 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 no. There's a danger. But this is scripture. And we have discovered that walking by faith means out of the book of Hebrews chapter 11. I believe it when I don't see it. The second thing we spoke on, I obey God when I don't understand it. The third thing we say, we are persisting when I don't feel like it. If you discover you cannot go by your feelings, most of us had to force. I'm awake past four and I start praying for people. My word, and I, I'm so excited what God is doing this morning. Listen, you are persisting when I don't feel like it. No, because Sister Duvay and Brother Pillow is much more comfortable. Amen. Amen. Maybe had too much communion last night. Now you have a hangover today. No, no, get Holy Ghost wine. That's much better. Help me, somebody. And this is the thing. I'm persisting when I don't feel like it. The fourth thing, we say announcing in advance before I have it. Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. God changed his name. And now when he said, what's your name? They as barren as a stick. He's now already here at 99 and Sarah 88, 89, 89. God changed their names. What's your name? Abraham. Yeah. 
father of many nations, Sarah, mother of... <laughs> they, I can say how they say, cuckoo, cuckoo, because at that age. But Abraham was a hundred. Sarah, ninety. When she woke up the next morning, she ran to the bathroom and she said, Bulawile. Okay, you'll get that later. She had morning sickness, she had heartburn, and then she's pregnant with the son of the promise. What was the keys? Just the keys that I mentioned. Now this morning, I want to help you. The fifth thing is, because family, my word, godly people do what other people don't want to do. They believe God in the midst of the storm that God's going to come through. And this is the thing. So the fifth thing is giving when I don't have it. Giving when I don't have it. Because remember now what faith is. Faith is believing when I don't see it. Obeying God when I don't understand it. I am persisting when I don't feel like it. Because I'm not going to be moved by feelings or what I see or what he and she said. I'm going to be moved by what the word and the spirit is saying. And announcing in advance before I have it. Long before when we moved to Cryfontaine. My word. After that incident, I told the story. I was driving a Jaguar XJ6 in Jeppe uh, Street in Johannesburg. The car caught fire and a backfire. And I said, God trying to get me. And, and cry from ten, cry from all places. I told God, I will go that day, but don't send me to Cryfontaine. Never tell God where you don't want to go. You just give him an idea. He said, that's exactly where I'm sending you. And here I've been 43 years. I hated this town. Till 2001. Sat there, I'm the chaplain for the state, the army chaplain for Louisiana. And uh, by the grace of God that time, they made me. And I sat there in a home with the, to minister to the politicians. And I heard the Lord said. Rachel can never produce your dream before you marry your Leah. Gryfontaine was my Leah. In the same Franz Conradi Street, at that time, Apartheid High, we had a church here in the Arno, and then at the Caravan Park, Wednesday nights, I'm come to preach at the Arno. Then <laughs> there's uproar, tires burning. They throw me with bricks. Mana, mana, das boer. Then I had to sidetrack, but preach. I'm coming to preach. I had a lot of, the AWB cut the brake pipes, turned the wheel nuts loose, the driving shaft, put sugar in our petrol tanks. I can keep you busy with my experiences. But this was the thing. Came here to a church that really had nothing, was under administration. And then what was I teaching on Saturday nights? Faith. Because it's faith that's going to move the mountain you face right now.
Hebrews chapter 11, 6 says, Now we try to impress God with our Armani suits and stuff and Louis Vuitton. Man, that comes made in China. Just look at it. That doesn't impress God. It looks wonderful on the eyes of people. But what impresses God and moves God is faith. Without faith, without believing that God is, without believing that he's a rewarder of those that seek him, says the Bible, it's in your Bible, it says, listen, that's how we please God. Faith by believing God. So what happens here is that what we must discover, God is getting ready for you to experience the miracle you need. And we have people who have great miracles that happened in spirit, soul, in their daily living, in their bodies. What God did. Help me somebody. And this is the thing, because now the Bible calls and mention a name. The first in the hero of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, speaks about people that trust God. God, how God shut the mouths of lions, and how Noah built the ark, and how Abraham sacrificed Isaac, and how God intervened, and all these things. But there's a man that God mentioned just after Hebrews chapter 1, now faith is, or 11 verse 1, 11 verse 2, and then verse 3 says how God created the universe. There was nothing he spoke a word, so he he spoke a word. God saw it long before we saw it. Hallelujah. He saw you even when you didn't exist. Nothing takes God by surprise. God doesn't tell the angel Gabriel, oh my word, I didn't know that Nolan is going to be in the 930 service. No, God knows it. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what we think. He knows everything about us, family. And this is the powerful thing that you need to understand. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall remain forever. So here God mentioned Abel of all people. Abelki. Abel. And you know what? God mentioned him there in Hebrews chapter 11, 4a. It was faith that made Abel's offering. What made Abel to reach the hall of faith? His offering, his giving. Because giving when I don't have it. His brother also sacrificed, but it was the attitude of the heart. And here this man brought his best and his name because he did it by faith. His sacrifice was accepted. His brother's was rejected because he did it in the due of time. It was faith that made Abel's offering to God a better sacrifice than Cain through his faith. God approved of his giving. 
Now let me get you relaxed. Tell somebody, say, relax, baby. He doesn't want anything from you. He's bringing the word so that you can move with greatness. Be a world changer and impact planet Earth through your obedience to God and your faith that you can shake this nation. Now listen. And this is the powerful thing because he gave by revelation. You can either give by reason or give by revelation. When you give by reason, you decide. But if you give by revelation, God decide. <laughs> Abraham, take your son, the one that you love the most, <laughs> the only son. He created Ishmael. Now always say, Abraham and David was the two most willing people on the face of the earth. When Sarah said, Abraham, we're too old now. Go and sleep with the servant. He didn't say, get behind me, Satan. He got up and said, my Lord, happy days are here again. And he created an Ishmael. Ishmael was not God's chosen. Now when God said, go, Isaac has grown up man. And the Bible said he did it immediately. Prepared everything. Because why does God ask us to give when I don't have it? He would see in whom do I put my trust? Is it in my inheritance, my investment? Is it in my business? Is it in my job? Is it in Sasa? <laughs> or in my job? You know what job stands for? Just over broke. God didn't give you that. He wants you to make him your source. And this is the key. Because if I give by revelation, God can tell me anything. 2003, I was very sick. Doctor gave me a week to live. They're going to bury me next week. And I came in Big Loft. I'll walk on the platform. Worship was powerful and the flags and the dancers. And, and you know that oratoriums can sit three and a half thousand people where Lonzell is, uh, Tasha is preaching this morning. And uh, I heard the Lord, do you believe I can heal you? Yes. He said, there are three people sitting in this church trusting me for cars. And you must buy them. I said, cars? You heard Brother Patrick or Afbop is on the way for me next week. And they can walk with their feet. I need a miracle and I don't have the money. And the Lord said, I don't ask if you have the money. I ask if you will be obedient. Yes, Lord. He said, say it. By my stripes healed. After the third time, I was completely healed. And I was supposed to be Monday in the doctor's office that they can see how they're going to treat the seething chemo, whatever they're going to do. I was com I never went back. I was as happy as a pig in Mecca. 2004, when the president phoned me from the office and he said, we nominated you to run for South Africa with the Olympic frame for Athens. And then I said, my Lord, I better go back to the doctor. The doctor was so shocked that I'm alive. He said, I thought you buried and dead long ago. <laughs> but family, it's that obedience. When I have learned to do it and I bought the cars, it's giving when I don't have it. I go to conferences 
been this week in a conference, been there yesterday in the training. Mind my own business. I don't need a special seat. I don't need bodyguards. I don't need to be announced. I, I, I don't need. I, I'm just Gustav. While in the worship, the Lord said, this church has a special guest speaker coming Sunday, today, this morning. He said, I want you to pay the guest speaker. It's an international guest speaker. That the church can have some money. I want you to pay all these refreshments they had here tonight that everybody ate. Now, I've learned not to say, God, if it's you, is the devil, is it my mother-in-law, or is it myself? I've learned to respond. Went to somebody, the senior pastor, I said, you have a guest? Yeah, I said, what do you normally pay? He said, why do you ask? Because that's private. I said, God told me to give the money. And then they quickly can tell me. Thousands. I had to give something. I didn't have and then supernaturally, came home that night, person said, I have American dollars that I need to change because the Lord said, pay them in dollars. I dish out all, dish out so many American dollars. I said, yeah. He said, I have so many dollars that I need to change in rand. I said, you are the right place. I can do it for you. So Friday, I went there. I said, here's the envelope. Here's the dollars. Here's the promise I made. And uh, I said, this is for that. That's for that. Because God has a miracle in store for you, for your life. If what you have can finance God's dream in your life, then it's not a God-given dream. God will tell you something so big. You're sitting in a 10 million rand building. With the rest, it's over 13 million. There were times that I couldn't spell 100. And I think if I can get a five rand note, God said, you need to get out of this condition because I want to use things. Money is a tool. A car is a tool. Your false teeth is a tool. Somebody gave me this phenomenal my brother-in-law, a Quadro 8 Audi V8. I mean, the car has so many bells and whistles. You press a button and this comes. I don't even know what every stuff is. And I'm driving with this car. Let them work on it. Cost me thousands to work on this car. I only need a hat and dark glasses. And then I look like a Mexican drug lord if I put my hand out of the window like this. So two years, couldn't go to America. I have the car stands in the carport. People come there and say, do you want to sell the car? I said, no, I like this thingy. Don't know how we're going to drive it because it's so heavy on gas, the petrol. There's a family in the church. And I know my children is not going to crank up the car, start the car for the battery. I mean, it's a manier of a thing. So there's an awesome family here. And uh, the conversation, he said, I said, what cars do you like? He said, Audis. I said, oh, my word, I'm not really an Audi fan, but I have an Audi. He said, I'm a Merc fan and blah, 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 blah. And I said, would you mind if I can park the car with my trip to America at your place? You can start it and you can drive it. 
So he said, when can I come and fetch the car? I said, well, tomorrow, sir. So the car is there. I flew to America, came back. I pick up COVID there. So I came back, and here I've got COVID. So I'm stuck in the house until December the 24th. And then time went by, back in the services here in January, the church was going on. And that Sunday morning, minding my own business, got nothing to do with a car. They came to the door and the Lord said, while I was on the pulpit, you know that car is not really your car. While I'm preaching, God speaks to me at times. You know, he speaks to you as well. And I want to say, devil, get behind me. Why do you imitate the voice of God? He said, you know that car belongs to the family that you ask them to look after the car. So at the door, I said, he said, because I want to show them that I love them. At the door, I said, he said, when must I bring? He said, no, the car is not coming back to me. The Lord said, the car is yours. Start crying. I had encounters like that many times in my life. I'm in the U.S. And... Uh, now, what I hate in churches when they auction money and it's money for... Now, money is important. God wants you to have it. But I'm not begging and I'm not pleading and I'm not... we just channels. Family here was one time praying and said, God, supply our need. Don't you hear the Lord said, uh, you, uh, I've got a third person I'm going to talk to now because number one, didn't, uh, I, they didn't listen. Number two, didn't listen. I have somebody. And number third was, now, whenever God tells you, Always to prosper you. So here I'm in the States. And a lady came to me. She said, my parents doesn't have a washer and dryer. And the Lord said, buy it. Oh, South African money to U.S. exchange. Lord said, just do it. I can keep you busy with testimonies. How God did things outside the box. That we took this ministry from a normal cryfontaine, crybri. Nobody even know where cryfontaine is. They cannot even pronounce the word. To put it on the map of the world where governors knows about and state people know about what we're doing. And family, it happens because what is faith? What did we say? Faith is. What does it mean when I say I live by faith? Believing when I don't see it. Obeying God when I don't understand it. Persisting when I don't feel like it. Announcing in advance before I have it. And that means giving when I don't have it. Giving when I don't have it. God gave me sometimes instructions. And I said, are you sure you're talking to me, Lord? The wires are not mixed up. Maybe another Gustav or... Lord said, I want you to do it because I have learned in my short journey with God, whenever I face a need, God uses seed. The widow of Zerapath had a handful of flour, a little bit of oil, 1 Kings chapter 17. She, she was suicidal. She's gonna, she and her son may be going to die of the famine. 
And the prophet said, just bake me a cake. As true as the Lord God said, when you do it, the oil and the flour will not get less until the yoke of the famine was destroyed. And when she obeyed, because what did she do? She had to respond by revelation. Reason. Did you ever had to pay a bill? On the one side, Malachi 3 stands, bring the tithes and the offerings. On the other side, the bull screaming at you. And then when you respond with reason, you will rather pay the bill. Because that's why scripture says, God only gives seed to the sower. I've seen businesses crash, big businesses. I've seen ministries crash during COVID. But I've seen where people are givers, how they survive how they do mighty exploits for God. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how I bought land, hotels, houses, by the principle I'm just sharing with you. Whenever God tells me to do something, I go in another mode. We bought this property, the old conference center or facility of the PPC, and in the 90s, when 94 came, they let all the people come from different homelands to squat opposite this facility. Five hectares, that's where we've built a whole city. If you want to, if you've been there a few months ago, it's worthwhile go and see what we've built there. And it's built cash. In the hardest time of lockdown, Pastor Yaku came to me and said, we don't want to tell you, we've just enlarged the school for 2.5 million. We didn't have 2.5 million cents. I said, where does the money come from? He said, don't worry. Netherland, heathen people that doesn't even believe in God, gave the money. Then we build an eight-bedroom house there for mothers with babies with AIDS. He said, I don't want to tell you, but we build another house. I said, and Mullah? He said, the same people saw what we're doing, gave that money to build that eight-bedroom house. I think it was eight or nine hundred thousand cash. They don't know if I'm a padre, a Catholic priest, a pastor. They don't know how to address me. They were recently flew in from Amsterdam. We're going to build for the autistic children a hall and start a school to help children with autism. They're going to. You see, family, and let me come in for a land because this is the great thing that you need to know. So the squatter stole water. Instead of cutting the pipe before the meter, they went behind the, we understand Stellenbosch there, behind, at the back of the meter, so every water drop that comes through, they bill us. And the bill came 70,000 rand. Now, if you have 70,000, it's okay. It's not money. But if you don't have it, if you don't have 10 rand, 
You know, we're very loose with sense and with small change, you throw it there. But when you run out of notes, you dive under the bed for that penny. Because it can buy a bread. Help me. Have you, have you ever had that experience? You'll do anything. So here we are. Now, Capetonians are not very spiritual in December. They have holidays. They got bonuses. Normally they buy a checkers or pick and pay. Gammon. Halal pork. But when they got this bonuses, they don't buy there. They go to Woolworths. They sell the halal farki. Kos. 50 grand goedkoper. By I pick and you pay. And then after Christmas, they have all these clothes and shoes and stuff and toasters. And they say, don't take off the labels. Because the 2nd of January, they at Crusaders. Said, we bought this thing. We don't use it. They go back to the company. They go to Edgar's and say, somebody gave me the dress and they gave me the receipt. But it doesn't fit. Can I exchange it? They say you can have another. Now, I'll rather take the cash. I know of a family, they have got 35,000 in that year that they waste on. When I heard the story, I said, dear Lord. Now, I'm not a waster, you can see. And long story short, it's okay if people do it. It's their business. So the bowl came. 70,000. Now the municipality, the Muslim Muslim. No, they're not Muslim. They threaten us. We had a hospice there. Patients. I cannot afford the water to be cut off. We don't have the money. And people don't give in the end of November. So I'm depressed, oppressed, compressed. Somebody gave me a bar of gold, a real gold. It was stamped, it was legal. Rodney Howard Brown had his service in the Good Hope Center. Friday morning, and I decide I'm going to that meeting. The problem was, somebody gave me a check to keep, to cash for them next week. Big mistake. My children don't give me anything before a service, not even their false teeth, because one of the people is going to smile at them with their own teeth. I give everything away. It's God's truth. I never know if I have a car after the service or watches or whatever. So I'm sitting in that service. All the great shot preachers are there. I sat in the second row. I felt, man... I'm not a pastor, I'm a popster at the moment because we face this challenge and how God's going to get us out. Pastor Rodney took up an offering. They did it for New York, New York, to, in the Madison Square Garden. I flew to New York and I was in that meeting. And I said, it's easy, I'll give the gold, they can sell it. But the Lord didn't say the gold only, he said, the check in your pocket, give it. Now, I can either go by revelation or by reason. And I had a long, you see, excuses keeps you out where God wants you to be. 
I said, this check is not mine. The gold, it was God telling me, but devil, get behind me. You try to imitate the voice of God telling me, give the check. It doesn't belong to me. God didn't care to whom it belonged. I had it in my possession. God was trying to elevate me and get me in miracle to activate and prepare for a miracle. Say, prepare for a miracle. This is what God wants to do. So here they took up the offering. And they say, young man, they had these offering things with the sticks. You, you cannot put 10 rand in and take 200 rand change because it's got a small thing. You cannot put your hand in. You know, here I see the baskets. They can do it. So the young man came and suddenly he starts staring at me. The guy who does the offering. And he came and he passed. Now, I'm many years in Pentecost. So I've learned, you know, Look at every Pentecostal charismatic person. They have this stuff, not because of aging or laughing. It's of praying. Look how they pray. It's like a sardine tin that you put the screw on. So I know the trick. So when the guy came close, I start, and I close my eyes. And now I can peep through because, you know, I have a bit of Chinese eyes. And he stood in front of me. And the next moment he poked me with that thing with the sticks. It's God trying to get my attention. And when he poked me, I said, Like a scarecrow. And he, I peep, he passed me. Now he keep on looking back and he shake his head. He said, and I bargained with God. I said, if this is you, let them take up a second offering. I know it was humanly speaking impossible. We in a conference and Pastor Rodney stood with the offering baskets. A few chairs away, a man shuffled to the front. And I thought, what is this man going to do? And when Pastor Rodney said, amen, this man jumped like a bullet out of a gun. And he said, Pastor, Pastor, I feel the Lord is telling me to take up a s. When I heard s, I know what's going to come. I had a bigger Bible than that. You can choke a camel. And I feel I'm going to get out of my chair and clop you out of your that you're going to say second offering. And he said, second offering. And I know I was in trouble. God, try to get me unstuck out of my anxiety and fear because you have a bull that's cried to you 70,000 and on the other side you have revelation and then they come and that same young man again but he's got nothing to do staring at me he comes and I thought okay brother I'm loose from the hook and I took out the check and threw it in joy hit me I start laughing. That's why you can see I'm not the traditional kind of. The joy of the Lord hit me. I laugh so out of that depression and anxiety. I start laughing. Chaos happened. People jump up 
So their cars, so a Maserati, so Harley Davidson motorcycles. I sat there and lady ran from there to the gentleman close. She said, the Lord said, I don't know you, son. I must pay your, your tuition. You're going to study in America. I must pay all that. I must get you an airplane ticket. People jump on the train. They went to their homes, get the money that they hide under the mattress in brown paper bags. Bring it. They run to the ATM. People who didn't come with cars left that day with cars because just people come, don't know. It was a move of God and say, God said, I must give you my car. Three o'clock that afternoon, people were lying all over the floor. That service starts 10. I decide I better go home and to go and explain Margaret Thatcher, her check. Came home. Long sell. We stayed here in Hill Street. Guess what happened to your check? She came out of the kitchen. She said, don't say it. I said, yes, it happened. I said, it's gone. I told her what happened. She said, we need a miracle and we need to activate that miracle. Let's get the best food, the best clothes, and we activate the miracle. Long story short, I fast forward. That night... It was past seven. I said to Pastor Yaku, let's go to the Good Hope Center. I want to go to that service. Now that thing can sit seven and a half, ten thousand people. So all the seats back. Da boni unerstalasi is a sit black. Now these pavilions. So we sat there just in time for offering. I said, dear Jesus, why didn't we took longer to come? And guess who's the person in our line with the offering basket? The same boy. He still smiles, smile, and suddenly he saw me. And he comes. And I thought, Booty, I'm ready for you. And I took out my Chinese offering. That's that offering when it hits the offering basket, it goes, ching, ching-a-ling, ching, ching. That small change that sounds like a China speaking. Next morning, I left that service. We had no money, nowhere. There's a knock, seven o'clock on the door. So here I'm, opened the door, stood a guy in front of me, got a long ponytail with a can fruit bottle elastic in that thing. No teeth. This is how he greeted me. I don't like you and I don't like your church because the woman doesn't wear hats. I thought, you're smart, Alec, to tell me that. You've read Corinthians, but you didn't read that same chapter. A man doesn't need to have long hair. He said, I was mowing the lawn. And the Lord said, I must give you this. And he gave me a big, thick envelope thick I had a vision now you know we say in Namibia a lot of people fabricate visions but I had a real vision of a witch doctor sitting opposite the big campus where we have this water thing in a hut I saw her my eyes is open that guy who looks like an organ without notes with no teeth he was going on but I saw that witch doctor and the Lord said, she's going to be in the service tomorrow and I'm going to save her. And the key is the envelope in your hand. It's not your envelope. 
She's figuring out, is the Mafundis God, the true God, or her ancestor worship? He said, she's going to be in the service that really happened, and God saved her the next morning. So I came out of the prayer room that morning. I am as happy now as a pig in Jerusalem. A lady sat there. She cried. We had the Christian school going and everything. That time it was from grade one to matric. And she said, I cannot stop crying since I came here. I said, she said, what's wrong in this building? I said, it's the Holy Spirit. She said, what spirits? I said, don't worry, it's in the Bible. I pass her here. Now that auditorium is big. There was a lady sitting. She grabbed me right in front of me. She said, I'm from Athlone. She said, God sent me to give you something. She opened her handbag, pulled out a check, opened the uh, envelope, opened the envelope, pulled out a bank guarantee check for 5,000 rand. She said, may I share, because the Lord said there's a lot of gold, uh, glory here, but no gold. I'm here to bring the gold. After I shared what happened Friday, that same spirit hit the church. Supernatural stuff started happening. Long story. Short again. That lady stood up. She said, God said I must give this church 40,000. Now at that time, 40,000 is a lot of money. At that time. She phoned me the next day. She said, come and fetch your check. They're in Athlone where she lives amongst the Muslim community. I went there. She said, a miracle happened. As I walk in Hubby Bobby's bank, she said, the voice of God spoke to me. The cost of living went up. Give my son another 10,000. She said, she came to the cashier and the Lord said, ah, the Lord. The cashier said, ma'am, you ask for 40,000. By accident, we made out this check, 50,000. She said, just give the thing here. So here we had 65,000. And supernaturally, that same day, God gave the five and we could pay the bill. But that morning, with the guy with the ponytail, the Lord said, if you're at the end of somebody's need, I will always see that somebody will be at the end of your need. What you make happen for other people, God will make it happen for your people. What you make happen for God's house, if you take care of God's house, God will take care of your house. That's the principle of the word. And family, and I'm closing music, let's do it. Because giving when I don't have it, Why does God ask us to be givers, to give? That's the asset test. If you're faithful in the little, I can trust you with much more. You've got such a great assignment on your life. The bank's not going to finance it. The heathen. Don't until they see what you're doing. The government's not going to do it. The day when I start the Christian school, the missionary, so-called, from Korea, stole every penny. The day when 
the principle I had to let people be educated, everything teachers. And they say, are we going to start the school? I said, if you know me, money or no money, we're going to do it. And the rest is history. To do it when you don't have it. Because faith looks different. What does God look at? It was not how much Abel gave. It's what you have left over what God looks at. I had challenges. Then the Lord said, just do it. Just do it. Do this thing. Do that thing. In America, let people go to mission field, pay for it. Say, God, me. Yeah. And then on that trip, God did something outside of the ordinary that would never happen in the natural. And church, that's God's way of living. Because what does faith do? Faith in God before I receive it. They walk around them, walls of Jericho, with a word from God. God's going to give the city in our hands. And that seventh day, I mean, what does it mean just to let people walk around a fortress that nobody can enter? They shout, they follow the instruction, the walls came down. See, money is a tool. Cars, is, cars are tools. Houses are tools. We've built certain people homes that you don't even know about. Say, so here, we'll take care. We've done that. But God instructs us to do it when we don't have the means. Do I operate? by feeling and emotions or do I operate not with reason but with revelation when revelation comes then you operate in the dimension because think about that we trust God for our eternity that we're going to live in with him a God we've never seen but we cannot trust him with our finances and with things. You will live in houses that you did not buy. You will drive cars that you did not work for. You will receive money in your bank account from sources that you did not know. It's God showing you He loves you. He cares for you. He wants you to be free. The world system say keep you bind up and in bondage that's why we can feed pastor asked me this week what's your budget a month I said close to a million every month I said Jesus what are you said, no no we feed thousands we can no longer feed children out of just buying bags of maize and rice we need tons we buy buy by the ton <laughs> two million people doesn't eat daily in this western cape six hundred six thousand four hundred and fifty thousand children doesn't eat daily in the western cape from the age of 19 till 35, 65% jobless. 
prime in such a high. And God is calling His church to impact. You are a person with a mission. Gustav, you don't know what I'm going through. God knows. It's the most devastating times of my life. And I had experiences because I believe the faith life. The just shall live by faith. God said it. I believe it. Now I declare it. I speak it. I act upon it. I'm ready to fly last year to America. The doctor phoned me. Said, your body is in trouble. I just did my checkup. PSA is 13. You're in big trouble. Said, you cannot fly. I said, see or no see, I'm on that airplane. I've got nothing to do with PSA 13, whatever. I think I only told Pastor Yaku. I came back. After I came out of COVID and then I had the children, I said, it's a possibility I can die this coming here, this year. I said, but I'm telling you, I'm standing on the word. So here I'm standing. Ten months later, still can run, went to the specialist he said the numbers came down no that's the God that I know that's the God because if I'm moved by what I hear and what I see and how I feel I will spend time with Sister Duvet and Brother Pillow in the bed. My false teeth will smile at me in front of the bed like nurses. But I've learned when you're a faith giant, that's what God, because when everything fails in the world, your faith in God will carry you through. The prophet sits at the brook. God's got Mr. Delivery. Raven flies to him. They think they found out Mr. Delivery. No, no, no. God had it long time ago. Brought him meat and bread. God's got ways. And he wants us to get out of the mindset that creates fear. When we can understand, every person get ready. I believe when I don't see it. I obey God when I don't understand it. Persisting when I don't feel like it. Announcing in advance before I have it. And then giving when I don't have it. And then thanking God before I receive it. I don't want you to miss what God has in mind for you. 
Jesus Christ. Kailan Christen came and sat with me and said, Opa, you want to make a movie of your life? I said, don't do it. It's going to be a horror story because I've got a lot of stories to tell. Where we were and what God did. When God said, start the second service, start the th another service, start 2012, we did 17 services on a Sunday. 17. During lockdown, we went to, I think, 9 or 11. Because of instruction, God wants to do it. Shoo. The yokes are destroyed. The burdens removed. I hear the word of the Lord. The Lord said, don't be parked in the past in the ashes of yesterday because you can do nothing about yesterday you can do everything today by making a quality decision it's removing these yokes coming off the burden destroying yoke removing the power of God Father, we thank you right now. Quickly ask the person close by, say, are you born again? Do you know Jesus? If you would die, would you live in with the Lord? This week, one of our ex-rehab boys was murdered with hockey sticks and then they stabbed him. Let one of us carry the guarantee. We had this morning the school principal and his wife here all the way from Plettenberg Base, the school principal. His sister passed away this week. Yesterday at Oatshorn there was two funerals. So I can carry on and carry on with stories. If you don't know Jesus, this is your morning. I'm not asking if you're a church member, a churchgoer. I don't ask you to join the church with this in altar call. I ask, do you know Jesus? I made a promise to God. When our oldest son died this past week, it was 15 years ago, when they wheelie his coffin in, in the Dutch Reformed Church in Wellington, I stood on the pulpit. I was the doorman. And when the coffin came in, and they opened it, said, I will not let opportunities pass me by. To give people the opportunity, that's why you will see I love people. That I tell you lately that I love you. I don't want you to be hurt, go through pain. I want you to be a child to do mighty exploits for God to move in dimensions you've never moved in before if you know Jesus I'm glad if you don't know him I want to help you we've seen salvations happen everybody know Jesus awesome every person in this building this morning you face a challenge or you just want to make up your mind, say, God, 
I'm going to live the faith walk. Walk by faith, live by faith, speak the word of God. And I'm going to be that channel that you can flow through to do mighty exploits for God on the face of the earth. If that's you, will you stand with me right now? Jesus. Sweet Jesus. Shibeke yandoloma yandoliando. Sir, I speak strength in your body right now. The gentleman here, ekspreek sterkte in jou lichaam. Ekspreek van jou hoof tot jou voetsole. Dit wat jy probeer vasthou, laat het loskom vandag. Die genade van die Heere is oor jou. Father, ek dank jy nou. Thank you for what you are doing for him right now. Yeah, just lay your hands on him. I speak life and life in resurrection power. And I thank you, Jesus. Die woord van die Heere is, ek veer die verlede uit. I erase the past. So that you can walk in your now and into your future. Because I love you, saith the Lord. Ek sê dankie, Heere. Daar is a kappel wat hier staan... Dar and yes, sir. The two of you. The Lord said things are busy, drastic, changing for you, as a family, and as a couple. That which seems hopeless, I'm turning the hopelessness around into great hope, so that you will break through and break out. Because you're gonna, the unworthiness is leaving you, so that you can be see the hand of God, walking and working in your life like never before. This young couple, also, um, sal jy persil kom hande opleer op hulle, jongman, die hand van die here, God's going to do it for you. It's gonna open. He's opening. He's opening. He's setting you free, right now, in the mighty name. Of Jesus, the living Christ. Iman skree, freedom! Say freedom tonight or this morning. Say because I am looking at faith giants. Turn to somebody. Say you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Hallelujah. You're going to break out every limitation. In the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you. Sir, what are you working Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you working? A pellet man. Oh, I have a few people that you can take out with a pellet gun. Oh, no, that, that pellet. No, I know what you mean. It's your own business. Working for somebody. You want to do your own business. What business you want to do? Okay. Go and buy some pellets. And start. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 
We just love you. Just tell him that you love him. Jesus said, this is the sign that we are true followers, our love. That's the sign. Are you ready this morning to walk out of this building victorious and overcomers and champions? And tonight we lay hands on, we command the devils to go. We speak breakthrough and healing. and People can still pray with you. But this is your breakthrough time. This is the breakthrough season. God is repositioning people, bringing us in kingdom alignment so that we can break through and break out. In Jesus' name. Sean, will you come and pray for us and release us, please? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, <clears throat> for sharing and reminding us, Lord, that you love us so much. Yes, you gave your only son that we may live in, in abundance, Lord. But this morning, we, you remind us that, come, come. I have a bigger plan. I have a bigger purpose for your life. Just believe. Just place your faith in me, and I will show you the ends of the earth. And so we come and we say, thank you for a word, Father. Thank you that you remind us that you love us so much, and you have given so much for us. And just take that leap, step of obedience and step out in faith. Put your foot in the water and allow God to do what he does best. So we thank you and we pray that you will go with us today and bring us back tonight, Father. Lord, this we pray in and through your holy name. Amen.